Hi guys, welcome to the second episode of Bias Impact Podcast. Just in case you're just tuning in and you don't know who I am, my name is Anna Bias, and this is the second episode of Bias Impact Podcast. I want to start off with a scripture like I did the last time, and I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4 through 8. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. So I thank you once again to, uh, for, for joining me and stopping by and listening to this, this second episode. I pray that it blesses you. Uh, the first episode, I spoke on how promiscuous I was as a teenager. If you have not uh, caught on to that episode, you haven't listened to it yet, I really recommend for you to listen to it so that you won't be lost in this episode. But I was promiscuous as a teenage um, parent because I became a parent at the age of 16. And I'm going to pick up right where I left off. So I was saying before that I would leave my son um, with my mother and I would just go clubbing and just have a good time. Well, as I thought I was having a good time every weekend, um, I was just getting drunk. I was promiscuous, not caring that I had a son at home. My mother would take care of him and help me with him. And I, you know, like I said before in the first episode, it did not stop me. Me, I became a parent at the, at a early age, you know, when I was a teenager, but that did not stop me. I was just out there, you know, having a good time and stuff. So the promiscuous life got me into a lot of trouble. Um, one of them definitely was, you know, I remember my son, my older son was three years old. And so I met this guy. And I became, you know, I, I began to date him. Not for a very long time. I just dated him. I really didn't get, getting, I didn't get to know him like that. But we got into a relationship pretty quickly. And I was dating him all together for four years. But the first year, everything was fine. He was good. He was normal. He was treating me very well. He was treating me with respect. He was buying me things. You know, at that age, I was about 18, 19 years old. I thought I was living the life because I, you know, had a a boyfriend that would buy me stuff. And, you know, I was spoiled. He would get me new sneakers every week. He would take me out to the movies every weekend. I mean, we would go everywhere together. When the second year came... I realized that this guy had issues. And what I mean by that is that this was a, an abusive relationship. I got into an abusive relationship and, and I didn't even know that this guy was like this. He became very obsessive. I'm sorry, I said four years I was with him, but it was three and a half years. He became very obsessive with me. He didn't wanna let me go out nowhere. Uh, he became extremely jealous. He was very controlling. I mean, very controlling. 
he was a, a, a guy that like they like to manipulate women and this happened the second year of us being together he just totally changed completely of course i didn't know then but i know now that he was always like this it's just he was very good at hiding it um now i know that god was showing me a lot of red flags back then but i wasn't seeing it you know i was blinded i wanted to be with him i was young i wasn't really mature and i was i was living the crazy life so there were a lot of red flags that i ignored but this guy i remember even getting in trains with him to go out on a date because we would go out a lot and i remember you know i remember this time very clear like it was just yesterday that we were standing in the train and you know new york trains are very packed especially on weekends in the nighttime so we were standing in front of the door because there was no place to sit in the train obviously the train was crowded and there there were more men than women in the train again weekend everybody's drunk everybody want to go out have a good time in new york and i was standing in front of my boyfriend then and i remember this guy in front of us that was looking at me and i do admit that the guy was looking at me in like a fresh way and he really didn't care that he was there he was very disrespectful he didn't care that that guy was my boyfriend but the reaction that this guy, my boyfriend back then, gave to this other guy was crazy. He wanted to really like beat him up. The words that came out of his mouth towards this guy were crazy. For me, back then, that was my first flag. Although there were many, many more red flags in the beginning that I, that I chose to ignore. But that's when I said, oh, no, there's something going on. But he was very good in manipulating me. He was very good in intimidate, intimidating me. Definitely very good with that. I remember being afraid of him, but not showing him that I was afraid. Because I said, if I show him that I'm afraid, he's going to take advantage and it's just going to get worse. So I just ignored all these red flags that was one there was also times where i remember going into again we you know we were always going out on weekends so we were taking the public transportation a lot the train and the trains were always crowded but there was a time that he claimed that i was looking at a guy in the train station and i wasn't so from that point on, there was a huge fight in the street. We got into a very big fight in the street, fist fight. Because although I was in an abusive relationship and he was indeed abusive, I never considered myself back then as a victim. And I'm going to explain something. The enemy had lied to me so much and had told me that I was not a victim that the reason why I am not considered a victim was because I was always a fighter I would fight back I would not stay hit but I want to make I want to make something very clear to you that are listening if you are in a relationship like this the guy does not have to put his hands on you for you to be considered a victim of domestic violence because we have abusive uh, people not only men women too that are abusive with their words right 
you know you can be mentally abused you can be physically abused you can be verbally abused and these are things that a lot of people ignore so the enemy kept telling me that I wasn't a victim because I would fight back I didn't know why back then I felt like that I didn't feel like a victim so I never told anyone about this I really didn't I really didn't share these things not even with my closest friends at that time or my sister or my mother because I didn't consider myself a victim but now I know why the enemy chose to why the enemy tried so hard for me to stay quiet about this it's because he knows that there's a lot of people out there that are in domestic violence in abusive relationships and that that if I open up my mouth somebody's gonna get delivered from that if I open up my mouth and say that even if you are with a person that abuses you verbally or that if you are that person that fights back that if I tell you that you are considered a victim to get out of this relationship as soon as possible, then that person will be delivered. God is going get, to get a hold of that person. So this is the reason why he lied to me for so many years. But now I know that, that I have to open up my mouth, that I have to share my story because I always say that testimonies are not meant to be kept a secret. These are things that we go through in life. Not only for us to learn a lesson or learn from it, but your testimony will help someone out there. And I'm so convinced that this testimony will help somebody, even if it's just one person. Even if it's just one person after this episode that gets delivered from, from domestic violence, then I know God's will was done. Even if it's just one person. So I thought that I wasn't a victim because I was always fighting back. Going back to the story when I was in the train, we got into a fight in front of everybody. I remember punching him in the face and making him bleed and him grabbing me and throwing me to the wall. Did anyone get, did anyone get involved? Absolutely not. You would think, right? But New York weekend, everybody want to have a good time. People want to mind their business. They didn't get involved. If it was me... I don't know if I would get involved to help someone, but I would definitely call the police. No one did that. So that went on, and that was my second flag. And I said, wow, I am really in. This is this guy's abusive. He's abusive. So from that point on, I remember walking on eggshells. I remember not being at peace in this relationship. I went from supposedly loving this guy and being peaceful to not to not to not um sorry i'm su supposed i'm so sorry about that somebody just interrupted me i went from loving this guy supposedly to being you know i was peaceful at one point to being very uh, afraid of him very intimidated walking on eggshells feeling like if i get him upset or if I say or do something that's going to get him upset, we're going to fight. And it became such a burden. It became something that I was kind of getting used to, to be honest. It was my norm. Again, another life from the enemy. The enemy would tell me, you're, you're fine. He doesn't beat you up. 
He doesn't punch you in your face. He doesn't punch you in your eye. You don't have black eyes. You're fine. You never, you were never in, in, in a hospital admitted because someone, because he beat you up. You're fine. But I wasn't. You know why I wasn't? Because God says in his word in 1 Corinthians that love is patience. That love is kind. It is not easily angered. But I didn't know Christ back then. This is why I went, I got into this relationship not knowing anything. Again, keep in mind that I didn't have a father figure in my life that would show me what a real man was supposed to be like. I didn't have that growing up, so I had a void. So I went out there looking to fulfill a void that I had in me, that I knew nothing about. I, I had no idea that what I was missing was God. I had no idea that even though I did not have a father, that my real father was God, that he is all that I need, that, that he is the one that fulfills my every need. But I know that now. So I stayed with this guy and it got worse from this point on. Even his mother, I remember his mother getting afraid, being afraid when he would flip out, when he would fight with me. We would get into fights in his room, in his up and the. He used to live with his mother in the apartment and she would be in the living room or in the kitchen cooking or something. She would hear us fight. She would not get involved. There was a time that I was in a bedroom with him. And he did not want to let me go. We got into a fight. I don't know what it was about. I know that he got in front of the door. He blocked me from leaving. And I was just hitting him because I wanted to leave. And he was just pushing me, throwing me. And I mean, being so rough with me because he didn't want to let me go. And I remember screaming out to his mother to help me, to come help me because I want to go home. She didn't come. And she was there in the house. So that tells me right there that she knew her son was abusive this whole time. She knew that all along. Maybe she was getting abused by him. Who knows? And God forgive me if I'm speaking without knowing, but who knows? Because she didn't say anything. And and any other mother would, would get involved and say, you know, what are you doing? Let her go. You're crazy. Or call the cops or something. I would. Because what's wrong is wrong. I'm not going to be that parent that tolerate these things. It's what's wrong is wrong, what's right is right, and I don't care if you're my son. You have to you have to pay for consequences. That's the type of mother I'm going to be. And I and I thank God I never go through this. I, I hope I never go through this. But she never got involved. She never got involved to help me or anything, to give me advice, to tell me to leave. Nothing. There was also this other incident that I went clubbing with my sister and my friends and he told me, I remember him telling me, call me when you get there. I never called him because when I got there, I just went straight to having fun and dancing. And I remember telling my sister, when I remember to call him, I was like, oh my God, I got to call this guy. But I, I didn't have any service. And when I saw that my phone didn't have any service, I freaked out. And I was so nervous. I was not like fully concentrating on what I was. I went to have a good time and I wasn't. I was so worried that if I don't call this guy, he's going to flip out. Even my sister, my friend noticed like, what's wrong with you? You know, let's have a good time. Don't worry. He'll be fine. But four o'clock in the morning came because we used to party that hard. And when we left the club, it was in Manhattan. 
mind you, we live in the Bronx. And my boyfriend then lived in the Bronx too. This guy in front of everybody saw me. He spotted me. I don't know how long he was there, but he knew the club I was going to. So when morning came and we finished, it finally left the club and we were walking towards the train station. He he starts screaming my name out loud in front of everyone. And I was so embarrassed. And he was just calling on my name, asking me why I did not give him a call if I was cheating on him. And I was very embarrassed. He came. You want to know what's, what's more crazy? That he came in a bike. Not the train. In a bike from the Bronx to Manhattan. And it was deep in Manhattan. It wasn't close. So I automatically knew right there and then this guy is bugged out. He is really crazy. So what happened? Me thinking that things were going to get better or me trying to find a way out. I began to cheat on him. And I wasn't cheating on him before. By the second or third, by the second year of us being together, I began to cheat on him because I was looking for a way out. I was screaming out for help in, in internally without even knowing. I wanted to leave him and I remember saying to him, we cannot do this anymore. I don't want to be with you anymore. And the many times that I told him that his response was always, if you leave me, I'm going to kill myself. This guy would even in, in Times Square, New York, he would stand in front of the cars and tell me and threaten me and say, if you leave me, I'm going to let these cars run over me. And since he was so good in manipulating me, I believed him. I said, my God, if I leave this guy, he's going to kill himself. That was his threat to me. He would even pop up at my job at times and try to cause a scene in front of everyone and try to get me fired because I would ignore his cause because I didn't want to be with him. So he always thought I was cheating on him. And then I began to cheat on him with a lot of people. I didn't care who it was. I wanted a way out. And I remember him even catching me with a guy in a car. And again, he was behind the car with a bike chasing me and the guy I can tell you now that God has saved me from so many things and me even explaining this to you now is like wow God you really were there the whole time there's a purpose why I'm here now there was a purpose why I went through this through that in the past because someone needs to hear this someone needs to hear my story and I want to tell you, I want to, I want to, you know, share with you what are the flags that you will be looking for in an abusive relationship. The, the one, one of the flags is if the guy or girl, because this is not only men, women too, they get crazy. If they become very obsessive out of nowhere, what do I mean by that? Wherever you go, they pop up. If you want to go out, they want to go out with you. They want to be with you. This is one thing that he always did to me as well. I was always, again, clubbing and having a good time. He always wanted to be there. And I didn't want to be with him all the time. I wanted to be with my friends. But he always made sure that he invited himself. That he would tell me, you know, I want to go. Let's have a good time. Let's all have a good time. I didn't want to tell him no. That's one red flag when they always want to be with you everywhere or when they pop up in your job or anywhere and you know that you you didn't invite them. The other flag, the other red flag is controlling. When you see that the person is telling you what to wear, what not to wear, 
who to see, who not to see, where to go, where not to go, how long you're supposed to take in a place and, and what you have to do, your every move, that's one of the red flags. The other red flag would be when if, if you're going somewhere or, or jealousy, jealousy. If you're in a place and the person claims that you looked at someone in a sexual way, they're always jealous if you don't give them a call when when supposedly you guys, if he tells you to call him at a certain time or if she tells you call her at a certain time and you don't. And God forbid, if you go over 10 minutes without calling the person and the person flips out and goes crazy on you and begins to accuse you of things that you did not do, that's another red flag. There's so many flags, but these are the, the main ones that you got to look out for. There's a problem. If you are in a relationship like the one I just described, I want to let you know that that is not love. That is not God's way. God did not des, des, uh, design the, the man to love a woman like this. Because again, love is kind, love is patient, and all these good things, and it doesn't delight in evil. And it's not easily angered. This guy had everything totally opposite from 1 Corinthians 13. Everything was the opposite of what God demands in a, in a relationship. Or what God demands in how a man should treat a woman. If you're in a, rela- in a, in a, in a relationship that's the, way, the, the one that I just described. Please get out as soon as you can. If it's a marriage that you're in. Get help. Get professional help. And I want to also tell you that no, God does not want you in an abusive marriage because you are married. That is not what the Bible says. A lot of people misinterpret a certain scripture when it comes to that. That we're not supposed to divorce the person if when we're married. But it does say that God doesn't want you to be miserable in other words. If it's infidelity involved or if it's abuse, you can get out. Because again, God doesn't want a life like that for us. Intimidation is another flag. If you feel intimidated by this guy, if you feel that he manipulates you, that, that the threats, right? If you tell him something or you tell her something and they are telling you, oh, well, if you do this, I'm going to do this. And they threatening you, they're manipulating. That's another red flag. Look out for these flags because they're just trying to tell you something. Don't be like I was. Did he ever beat me up and send me to the hospital? No. Did he ever give me a black eye? No. There was a time that he grabbed me through my neck and and my mother didn't even know. But I was in my mother's hallway. She was inside of her apartment and she had no idea what was going on because I told her I'm going to be back. I'm going to speak to him in the hallway. We got into an argument. That was our life arguments and he grabbed me through the neck and he lifted me up and he squeezed so hard that I felt like I was going to be unconscious I saw everything dark I was like feeling like I was going to faint and then something snapped and he let me go and he left marks on my neck my mother never knew about that no one ever knew about that I never said anything so I was trying to seek a way out a way out cheating on him I didn't know how to leave him until one day I said you know what just kill yourself if you want so I don't care I want to leave 
But still, this time he would stalk me. I had to call the police. I had to make police reports. I have I had to take out a, a, a order of protection. And even that he would uh, not listen to. Even that he broke the order of protection. He violated it. He got in trouble for it, but he didn't care. And I had so many police reports from this guy, from the police for, with this incident with him. It, it was crazy. But I was a victim. I was a victim. I didn't know any better. I didn't know what real love was. And I praise God for taking me out of that. If you want to find out how God came through and how he took me out of this situation or what I did to come out of it as well before I even found out that it was God orchestrating everything, you will have to tune in next in, in two weeks on the third episode to find out what happened. How did I end up leaving this guy that was so abusive? What did I do? Where did I go? Who did I meet? And did I end up in the right place? Or did I end up in a place where it was worse? So please find out. Stay tuned in two weeks. And I pray that this episode blessed you. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much for being here. You can share this out. You can be do whatever you want with it. I just pray that you are blessed. I just pray that this minister to you. Have someone listen to this. If you know of someone that is in an abusive relationship, have someone listen to this. But if you are that person in an abusive relationship, get out. Get out because your life is worth it. You are worth more than this. This is not all. This is not what love is. God wants to show you what real love is. And you will not find out what real love is if you hold on to this relationship that's abusive. You're blocking your own blessing. Because that's what I was doing. I was blocking my own blessing. I was getting in between what God wanted to do with me. He wanted to show me what is real love. And I didn't allow him to because I didn't know. I didn't know I was a victim. But now you do because I just gave you the flags. I just gave you my testimony. And if you can relate to this to this uh, podcast, to this you know story, then get out as soon as you can. Again, if you're married, get help. Get help. And if you know that you've tried all that and nothing helps, then... You got to move on. You got to leave. God doesn't want you in an abusive relationship. I thank you. Thank you so much. God bless you. Bye-bye. See you next time.